0: Joey Vitale is standing by on the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, and I'm going to ask my Italian friends a question here. All right. The uh, And I've got multiples for Joey. But number one, fish, P-E-S-C-E. How is that pronounced? Pesce. Pesce, Joey?
1: Uh, I was always pesky, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Pesche. Is it pesce?
2: That's what I was always told, but uh, I don't
0: know. I, I'll go with either one. Secondly, Joe, have you ever made pasta con pesce, or whatever the pronunciation is, and do you have a secret for it?
1: Uh, I've never made that specifically, uh, pasta with fish, Randy, but the only thing I've made is um, tortellini tutumare. Tutumare means of the sea, right? Tutumare. Perfect. So, yes, and that's, and that's uh, Michelle knows, obviously, you Just it's, um, it's a seafood pasta, generally an olive oil, lemon, lighter sauce, but you, you basically just fill it with clams, little uh, octopus, little um, pieces of fish, shrimp, uh, mussels, and you just put in a big old it's a big old conglomerate of goodness. I'm sure you guys have
0: had it. Okay, I'm, uh, the reason I asked the question is because with Tampa Bay playing on Sunday afternoon, I decided during the course of this show that I wanted to make a dish indigenous to Tampa, and so that's what I'm going to go with.
1: I think it's a heck of an idea, and I think that uh, for Tampa, I want to say red snapper is uh, a popular fish on the Gulf there. Snapper is is, is a big one you could probably – and I think it's going to hold up well. you got to be careful with fish and pasta because you can't have like the tilapia or the really lighter stuff Mm because then it just kind of mushes. You need something with some meat. That's why they, they like having tuna. Or swordfish. Swordfish is a good one because it's almost got that steak-like structure. It's got good, uh, good tendon, good tendon structure where it can hold up against the, against the noodle. That's
0: to me. I think that's the most important thing when you're doing seafood in a, in a pasta dish. Swordfish is my favorite fish. I mean, it stands above all others. Poof. that is debatable, Randy. Ooh. Wow, that is so debatable. What are you going with?
2: Yeah, Joey, tell us what your fish of choice is.
1: Wow. I mean, I I love a good rainbow trout and and we have some amazing streams here in Missouri. Wonderful uh, farm streams. And you go down to Arkansas uh, down by the dam, kind of a table rock and all that. I mean, beautiful rainbow trout. The thing about the thing about fish is, you just If it's a clear lake or a clear stream, the fish are going to be great. And if it's a cloudy lake, it's probably going to be garbage. So it's a good little tip when you're going fishing. You're wondering if it's good eating when you catch it. Look in the water. If it's clear, it's going to be good to go.
0: Pro tip from Joe Vitale.
2: Oh, so you're there telling me you you we shouldn't be getting fish out of the Mississippi?
1: No fish. No <laughs> fish, Michelle. I don't think fish can survive in the Mississippi anymore. I mean, that, 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 that river, woof. But, uh, no, there, there are some big catfish. There's some big catfish in the mist. The old every, every time I pass them, every time I go over the Mississippi River, guys, I gotta say this. You remember the remember the movie uh, National Lampoon's Vacation? Yep. Of course, yeah. Remember when they go through St. Louis and they're like, hey guys, roll over Mississippi, the old Mississippi <laughs> yep. the old Miss, deep River, and he does that whole bit. Yep. I've I have done that for fifteen years, and so I'm I'm taking my son out to St. Charles the other day. He had a game out in Wentzville. And we're, we're crossing this river. I don't even think it's the Mississippi. It's the we're crossing that. Is it the Missouri? Okay, there you go. Right, right by the, uh, right by that Outlet Mall as you're going through Chesterfield. So it's the Missouri, and I didn't know that. And I'm, you know, it's, it's funny when these kids start turning into you. And we're crossing this bridge, and my son's in the back seat. He's kind of reading a book, and he just goes. The old Miss Deep River. I'm like, man, dude, you're turning into me, and that's a good thing. You're a great dad. I love
2: it. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that story, Joey. Let's jump into some blues hockey, though. Tell us what's going on with the power play. Just break it down for us. <sighs> Ah, uh, think the power play. Listen,
1: it's 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 going to take a little bit of time, right? I know everyone wants to rush this thing, and everyone wants to get a little bit of anxiety about we have all this super talent. Why aren't they having success success right now? But it's going to take a little bit of um, some in game experience and in game adjustments uh, that can only be solved through through playing games. I mean, you practice it a lot, and you have the right idea and right framework, but then you get into a game, and and then your opponent will throw something different at you, and you just have to adjust. Uh, The point with power play is going to be simple. There's just too much talent out there for this power play not to be successful. They will be successful. I think they are going to finish in the top three as uh, one of the best power plays in the league at some point throughout this season. Probably finish off there. But, But it is going to take a couple steps to get there. I think they're one goal away. I think if they get a goal tomorrow versus L.A., let's call it in the first period, I really think it's just going to be a snowball effect. I've loved Mike Hoffman on that second unit because now I think he's instead of instead of the, the top guys in the top unit, I think everyone was looking to get it to Mike Hoffman. So I think Craig Brewery did a really good job by pushing him off to that second unit because it can allow the Ryan O'Reilly's and the Jaden Schwartz's and the Tory Krugs. They, they they can kind of be more creative instead of just getting getting Hoffman the puck, getting Hoffman the puck, they can kind of use their, their hockey intelligence and start finding plays uh, that are given to them. And then on that second unit Then Mike Hoffman could be the shooter. Then you can have Robert Thomas, who's an exceptional passer, find him uh, through a scene. Vince Dunn set him up for a one-timer. So I do like the adjustments. I think that those will stick, and uh, I think we're one goal away. I think we're one goal away from this whole snowball effect happening where the power play is going to start winning us some hockey games.
0: Joey, here we have played four games, and Robert Thomas only has two shots on goal. Uh, He needs to be a little bit more selfish, doesn't he?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Again, I I know a lot of people say that and argue that, and, oh, he had an opportunity to shoot right there. Listen, he, he had a couple opportunities to shoot in those first couple Colorado games, but listen, he didn't shoot, and he made a pass, and they were exceptional passes, and they both ended up in the back of the net. You know, I'm thinking about that pass he made through the legs of a defenseman uh, that ended up being, I think it was Oscar Sunquist's goal. And then I think about um, Sonny's second goal when he's in the corner. Could he have kind of stepped around and kind of gained some, some, some speed around and kind of thrown it at the net, throwing some garbage at the feet? Probably. So you, you can argue that he could have shot that there. Uh, but he didn't. He passed it. You know, listen, he, he, he's a passer. He's a disher. He's that emotes-like, right? He, he, he thinks... Uh, pass first. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that as soon as he finds some clickiness with Mike Hoffman, guys, that's a perfect combination. You have an exceptional passer and now you have an exceptional shooter. And that's what Craig Ruby's doing by putting Hoffman on that line. He knows he's got a passer in Thomas. He knows he's got a shooter in Hoffman. And once they get in sync, guys, it could, be a de- it could be a deadly duo. So I don't know if we, um, we, we, we need to get into this whole thing, and, and I'm not saying you guys specifically, but I've heard this a lot. I don't know if we need to try to um, make, something, uh, make something he isn't. You know what I'm trying to say? He is a pastor. He's always been. This is why he's made it to this level, because of his vision and his ability to find seams and thread the needle. So I think we have to continue to allow him to do that um, and then obviously just have that chemistry with Mike Hoffman. And, again, I think this third line could be an exceptional line for us.
2: Joey, Jordan Cairo leading the team with four points right now. We've seen his skill, his speed. If he continues to emerge, he could be pretty valuable for this Blues team, right? I mean, we we identified Oscar Sundquist as the ranch of the Blues. Could Jordan Cairo be the hot sauce? Oof.
1: Wow. Getting into the condiments again. No, I think, I do. I think so. Listen, he, uh, I think it's, we're four games in, it's, It's beyond the fact that this is a fluke. It's beyond the fact that he had a good game. I mean, we're starting to see some consistency game in and game out where almost every night he's noticeable. I think three out of the four games, he was probably the best forward on the ice with the exception maybe one game in there. Uh, The best forward on the ice, I think both teams. And and that, that was one game including Nathan McKinnon. So it goes to show you how he is emerging. Uh, he looks confident. He looks comfortable out there. You hear, you see him moving his mouth. I can hear him talking. Cause obviously there's only 300 fans in the building. So you hear him from way down on the ice. So he, he is, he's a yelling kind of kid. He, he came in the league. He was very quiet, a little bit timid, like every young player would be. He's starting to finally feel his stride. And now he's getting points. So I think that confidence is really starting to kind of ooze out of his body. He's got that straightaway speed. He can take it to the net. What I told Curbs, uh, Michelle and Randy the other day, what's really impressive about him is this. We all know his straightaway speed. We all know his ability to turn in the corners and take it to the net. He's got the footwork. A lot of players who are really fast in this league, they have the feet, but the hands can't catch up. To their feet, and what I mean by that is, you have the straightaway speed, but then, then when you get the puck, you kind of get jittering, you lose the puck, and then it's kind of it's kind of meaningless, right? But his hands are so fast. They, they go at the same rate as his feet. So it's all connected. Um, you know, you hear you hear that expression with goaltenders a lot. His head and his feet are connected, meaning that there's no disconnect from when he wants to move, he moved to that spot. And I think for Jordan Cairo, it's the same thing. He's flying up the ice. And when you think he's running into some trouble, his hands will get him out of that trouble. So it, it's pretty amazing to see. And I know he's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. Craig Ruby's loved the shape he came in at camp. He's gotten an opportunity on the third line and, I mean fellas we, we we talk about baseball, hockey, football, whatever. There's an opportunity for a young player to go out there and show the coaches that you want it and you earn it and they did a good job of putting you in that spot and he has done everything for this coaching staff and for Doug Armstrong to show them that hey, you gave me a great opportunity. I am gonna take full advantage of it. And I wanna
0: stay here. The Blues host the Kings tomorrow. Joey, two years ago tomorrow, the Blues went to Anaheim, beat the Ducks five to one, and started an eleven-game winning streak. Can we just do that again?
1: Boy, gosh, wouldn't that be great? And so that was yeah, that was the uh, that was the first one. Wow, wasn't that wasn't that a, something special? I'll never forget Ryan O'Reilly. That was one of my favorite John Kelly calls of all time. Was when I think it was the eleventh game when he or it was one of the eleven. I think it was in Toronto. It was an overtime. You three said, to win in O'Reilly, Toronto. That's right. O'Reilly, oh, can you be the hero? Yes. And it was over. And then it was just, and man, the place. He blew the lid off the Enterprise Center. And that was that was the run, right? And that's you just needed to get hot, right? You needed to get hot. And then you can look at this season, Randy Michelle, and Michelle, and that's all it's going to take. It's going to take a six, seven game just run to get ahead and to climb back in. I mean, look what Vegas is doing right now. They're, they're making that run right now. They're kind of securing their spot uh, atop this division. The Blues are playing okay hockey. The good news is they still got three, three, uh, they got, points out of three out of the four games they've played so they're in a great spot are they playing their best hockey no but they're still getting points and once they kind of can really get this thing together which i think they're a week or two away from again you're you're five six game run away from getting back to the top of this division and and that's really all you need and then you can just kind of play that 500 hockey or just a little bit above 500 hockey to keep yourself in a good position uh, to make the playoffs so it's going to be a fun it's going to be a fun push this whole season uh, it's the intensity. I love seeing hockey every night. There's division games every single night. There's always points up for grabs, which makes it makes it exciting, guys. I know the LA Kings come to town. You know the LA. I know. I know. It's lost and said about these teams: the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Kings. About how they're all going to finish in the bottom of this division. But the LA Kings have always played the Blues top. There is something. About the Kopitar's and the Browns and the Quicks, they just they have our number. There's always heaviness. There's always Dowdy. He's always getting in the mix. They're always fun
0: games. So I'm looking forward to this weekend. We're looking forward to listening to you. Thanks so much for the time. Always good to have you with us, Joey V. And take care.
1: Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Michelle. You guys have a wonderful weekend, and good luck with the Tutamari
0: on Sunday, there, Randy. Thank you. I'll I'll send you a text. I'll give you a report. Please do. And if you want to drop some on my house, that'd be even better. Okay, we can do that. (laughs) See (laughs) See you later. Joey Vitale with us on 101 ESPN.
2: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama.